Hello, and welcome to How Do You Drew? This is a Drew Barrymore podcast brought to you by thedrewzam.com. And sponsored by our friends at Positive Medium. I'm Anne. And I'm Ashley. <laughs> and welcome to episode 31, a very special episode. Well, this one's so special that we both decided to sound sick. So yeah. it's kind of like our brand now. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know, like when we're really excited, we get ill. Well, I think that's what everybody wants in a podcast, right? Hosts that sound horrible. Yeah. And also, <laughs> I mean, you know that it's like a little bit extra sexy somehow too. Like... <laughs> well, this is a sexy, wild adventure. So. Yes, it sure is. It sure is. Um, Just so you all know, we're going to be jumping right into our topic today. If you're curious about, you know, weekly updates, see our previous episode, episode 30, our first Drew's Flash, or tune in next week. But we're going to be focusing solely on this topic that's really important to us and just we want to use as much time as possible on this without, you know, taking away from it. So yeah, absolutely. So we're doing Mad Love, 1995 Woo! Drew film. I Woo! think every... We're <laughs> I think every Drewby who came of age in the 90s has a really, a real love for this one. Yes. A real mad love for it. (laughs) (laughs) Very much so a mad love. Um, I always think it's funny, by the way, when you search for mad love, like I used to search on eBay. Yes. It would come up like stuff related to comic books or there's an old film called Mad Love. (laughs) And so this is the 1995 hit starring Drew Barrymore. (laughs) Imagine that, that that's the one we selected. (laughs) Yes. Just imagine. We also did want to make sure to put a trigger warning at the top about suicide. Um, This is something we'll discuss briefly and something that's discussed in the film. So we just wanted to make that clear. Okay. So just because it's so bad, I love the IMDb description. It's so bad. So I'm going to read it. (laughs) The wild and sexy story of two passionate young people who take to the road for the incredible adventure of their lives. (laughs) Well, leaving some stuff out, but (laughs) I I liked this, uh, that one that Apple had better, which I ended up purchasing on an Apple because I'm away from my DVD collection at the moment. Okay. So Apple's was powerful story of first love and a young college bound teen on the verge of adulthood (laughs) who's captivated by a beautiful rebellious girl on the verge of a mental breakdown. Okay. (laughs) I like how they're uh, juxtaposed. He's on the verge of adulthood. She's on the verge of a mental breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. You know what? Aren't we all on a verge of something sometimes? (laughs) I also thought it was important and fun to point out. This is kind of a stereotypical quote manic pixie dream girl story, which I had to look up what the etymology of that phrase was. And apparently it was only coined when the movie Elizabeth Town came out with Kirsten Dunst by a critic named Nathan Rabin. And he described the Manic Pixie Dream Girl as exists solely in the fevered imaginations of sensitive writer directors <laughs> to teach broodingly soulful young men to embrace life and its infinite mysteries and adventures. <laughs> I mean, truly though, like I remember whenever I first heard that term, I was like, oh, mad love. Like, yep. Manic. Yep. Pixie. Dream exactly. girl. She yep. makes his boring life get all wild. And exactly. It, it, yeah. So it's funny that I don't see this very often um, included in that trope, but yes, it is like a hundred (laughs) percent. Yes. 100%. So we couldn't help but point that out because I also, 
I just assumed that it, that phrase had existed prior yeah. to mad love and that it had been used to describe that, but no, it's just in our minds. <laughs> <laughs> it just works. Yes. So this movie is directed by Antonio Bird mm-hmm. and it was written by Paula Milne. So it's pretty cool. It's a women duo. I like that. Awesome. I love that. Okay. So the makeup was done by Fern Butchner, who also apparently did See You in the Morning, Boys on the Side, and Everyone Says I Love You, which is super interesting. I know. Um, it seems to me because the hair was done by um hairstylist named Angel DeAngelis, who okay. also did Boys on the Side. So I think I would imagine Angel and Fern were pulled Boys on the Side to go to Mad Love. I think the other two were a coincidence because it okay. looked like Fern frequently worked with the director of Everyone Says I Love You, whose name will not be mentioned. <laughs> yes. Also, I love her hair in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of hair. And makeup. Like, applause oh, for them. That's true. That's true. Very true. But there are many scenes where I'm like, oh, I wish my hair was that texture I know. Today, it's you definitely know? your your inspo. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, her assistant at that point was Kim Greitzer, who was her assistant for several years around that time, at least three and was the quiet beginning of flower films who never gets mentioned anywhere. These days. Yep. That's true. Kim was there. Um, what else was going on in Drew's life at this time? Well, she had just been married and divorced literally like a few months before starting filming this to Jeremy Thomas. If you want to know more about that, go check out our weddings episode number 26. Yep. Um, And she started dating Eric Erlinson in Seattle when this was filming. And then the other really important thing that we wanted to mention is that Drew met Nancy Javonin in Seattle while she was working on Mad Love because Nancy's brother, Jim Javonin, was on the crew. We don't know exactly what he was doing, but he had some involvement in the film and that's where Drew met Nancy. So this was like- history. (laughs) Yes. And she had just come off filming Boys on the Side. Like this is a lot was going on in her life at this time. Yep. All right. So let's get into the production of the film. Okay. So Drew confirmed in an article that this was the first movie on which she made some money and it was about 1.5 million. So go Drew. And I think this was kind of like a studio film, which she hadn't done a lot of in a long time. So that's probably part of it. That's awesome. This is really interesting. And I'm glad that you, that you made this note. So this Mm -hmm. was the second of three times Drew played a character named Casey. The first time was Casey Brodsky in um, Irreconcilable Differences. And then this film, she plays Casey Roberts. I guess it was originally Riley. That's interesting. In the script, was it Riley? They must've changed it like last minute. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then your favorite, (laughs) Casey Becker in Scream. Um, And also you made this this note, which is really fun. Oh, yeah. She stars in this film with Matthew Lillard and Leif Schreiber, who are both co-stars of Drew's and Scream. I love it. (laughs) And I have a big thing for Matthew Lillard. Yes. (laughs) Big. (laughs) Not just because he's big, but (laughs) but it kind of kills me that in both of those movies, they basically don't interact. (laughs) Like, oh, that's true. He's like in the, you know, they're in like a couple scenes at the beginning of Mad Love together, but not where they're interacting with each other. (laughs) So I would love to ask him sometime like did you ever even meet her (laughs) like yeah it's kind of wild (laughs) totally okay so this was filmed in june and july of 1994 may have gone just in the beginning of august and it was done in washington and new mexico 
And um, this is going to be something special about this episode is that I have a filming schedule and a shooting script that are dated just days before they went into production. So, cool. so I've got a lot of information on what changed from filming to release. Mm-hmm. And um, all the locations, we actually made a Google map of this long ago, and luckily I found it. <laughs> so if anyone's interested, I guess we could link to that mm-hmm. and you can see every single spot where they filmed. So awesome. Yeah. And then I should mention that the first scenes that they shot were all the ones at Casey's house. So that's kind of where they started off. I wanted to ask, just refresh my memory. Did you buy it on eBay? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, just chock full of information <laughs> and it was it both things together like in a lot yeah yeah oh my god scary. i know that's so totally cool. a jackpot <sighs> so we are gonna talk a lot and i hope you guys are prepared for this about what was cut from the movie because mm-hmm. i find it fascinating and i don't think you can find this information anywhere else so yep we want to bring it to you guys so cool and as if you haven't noticed lately we're talking all about the things that could have been <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> lots of like other dimension talk lately <laughs> yeah okay so this next point is interesting but not surprising to me <laughs> yeah so things were kind of strange at first with Chris O'Donnell um, and there's a quote it says when we first met I was like fucking frat boy get out of my face and he was like Hollywood chick go fuck yourself <laughs> we totally freaked out on each other but we got close doing this. He's my apple pie. That's my nickname for him now. So perfect, by the way. <laughs> he and Eric and I got to hang out together a lot too. Chris is so beautiful in this movie. So fucking amazing. His acting is my favorite kind of acting. He's real. He exists. And I like that point because she she goes on a little bit more. I cut it because it's we don't need the details, but like about how some actors are just like over the top with everything mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. Chris is like a little more subtle. Yep. And uh Apple pie just so fits him to me. <laughs> totally, totally. Like he see the thing about that's funny. It's like fucking frack boy, get out of my face. Like he seems like he'd be like a square. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's his character. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, I think does isn't he in some TV show as a cop or yeah, something like one of those so? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like, and he just looks, you know, he's just like typical like boy next door white guy. Like, yeah, wholesome preppy. <laughs> they they are believable as a couple yeah they have great chemistry yeah i was watching it again and i was like there's like not just subtle acting but like they feel like they're in love it's really yeah. beautiful even just the way that they like physically interact with each other mm-hmm. <laughs> like this sounds really goofy but i was like this is so familiar to me like i feel like this is how like jason and i sometimes like Aww. are affectionate you know like it felt yeah. really very real to me yeah, a lot of makeout scenes. I was like, this is like a perfect makeout session. <laughs> yeah. Um, when Chris was on the Drew Barrymore show season one and we were in the virtual audience, do you remember? <laughs> that yeah. was so cool. Um, they talked a little bit about the movie and Drew said, I remember on Mad Love, I was so wild at that point in my life. I would say straight up cray <laughs> and just having the best time. I would take just take scissors to my hair. <laughs> and then Chris said, and you'd photograph clouds for no reason with your Polaroid, which so I can get cute. behind that because I'm a big cloud person. Yes, you are. <laughs> and we've got those examples of photographs of clouds in Interview 1995. Yeah, so perfect. <laughs> um, so neat. And a little bit more about Chris O'Donnell. So I guess Chris O'Donnell had dropped out of the movie for a bit. And Drew, who had casting approval, interestingly, mm-hmm. um, was bummed when Leonardo DiCaprio turned down the role. And then, as she said, I would love, love, love to work with Leonardo. She's like obsessed with him, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Is she? 
talks about him a lot. That's funny. <laughs> Maybe he made an impression on her when he visited the Poison, poison Ivy set. Ivy set? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't picture Leonardo DiCaprio in the role. Although I think he would do amazing. I think yeah. he's an amazing actor. Hmm. There is like a, I don't even want to call him edgy because it really feels wrong. But the character of Matt is definitely much more like, I see Chris O'Donnell in that like wholesome mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. way. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe we'd be saying the exact opposite if the opposite had happened. Yeah, I know. It's so hard to say. <laughs> Another thing Drew had said, which I think is so goofy, but she said, being someone who never stepped inside a high school, I like the challenge of me and Chris playing typical teenagers. Here we are, 20 and 24, playing 17 and 18. <laughs> and sometimes we get a little freaked out by that. I was constantly in a battle with the studio because they'd say, Jesus, put some fucking makeup on. I'm like, That's the part that I'm like, give me a break. I don't understand, though. What's like that the... she looks too old. Oh, my God. <laughs> give me... Are you fucking kidding me? I know. Sure. She like basically looks like a flawless little angel cherub. In yes. One hundred percent. So this is really sweet. Eric was apparently with her every day when they were filming Mad Love. Drew said, he got me through that job. He would have to wake me up every morning because the movie was so emotionally debilitating and strenuous. Yeah, and we'll definitely touch on that a couple times, how this really was a lot for Drew. She really yep. fought some demons to get through this movie. Yep, absolutely. In Rolling Stone 1995, which we have a whole episode on, if you want to hear mm -hmm. that, uh, she does touch on this and she says, my character goes into an institution and her brain starts to deteriorate. How many other fucking actresses can relate to that? And the article <laughs> says she stops, waves her arm in the air like a kid trying to get the teacher's attention and shouts at the top of her lungs. I can. <laughs> and I had this like memory. There's this. I think it might be in the 1999 MTV movie special interview with Drew. Okay. I have to see. I might even have that on DVD. I know I keep saying that for about stuff and I haven't <laughs> checked on anything. But there's this really rare, weird clip where I think it was during filming a Mad Love based on what her hair looks like. And she's sitting in a field of flowers and she's wearing a sweatshirt that says Mr. Rogers Neighborhood. And she's talking about this exact thing, how there's not a lot of other actresses out there who have actually been in an institution. And it's the only thing I've ever seen from this interview but god I gotta go find it <laughs> I'm trying to think if I've seen it do you think I've seen it if it's in that MTV special you definitely have I know it was for MTV so that's why I think that's where it was I'm kind of picturing an interview clip of her in a field of flowers but I'm like also picturing like a photo shoot of her in a yeah. field of flowers so <laughs> I can't tell when if it's that, that? <laughs> yeah that's so interesting um, Drew said that after filming, she couldn't work for a long time and had to go into therapy. She found that being in character was really hard, but cleansing in the long run. Um, she said when she was 13, she didn't know if she wanted to go on. When something is life or death serious, it's very scary. And I knew my character felt like that every day of her life. Hmm. Kind of cool insight, huh? Yeah, really cool. So, I mean, I will obviously talk a little bit more about it, but I think Drew brought a lot of her own experiences to this role and it totally paid off because yeah that's one of my favorite performances from her yeah and watching it again recently I was like wow yeah. I love this movie yeah unfortunately her and Chris both apparently don't agree with us or Adrew <laughs> <laughs> uh, said that they both feel the same way about how it turned out she said I don't know how it happened but it just turned into something so totally different than what Chris and I originally attached ourselves and um, based on what I know from the script and the shooting schedule, 
there's a lot cut, but I don't really know that it affects the overall tone or story that intensely. So, I mean, there's things like music choices and other editing decisions that can change it. I mean, there are some scenes in the movie where I'm like, oh, that's cheesy, like the music choice or something, but, (laughs) and this is also interesting. So I guess one of the reasons that there were major edits made to the film to make it less dark was due to controversy over the director's previous film called Priest. I don't know that it feels like it would have been darker. There's a couple, like they go into a little more detail about Casey's diagnosis and some family history. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't feel like they shy away from the topic of it all that much. It's really interesting. I mean, I've always heard that movies change from script to filming and then filming to editing so drastically that people are always like, I barely recognize either the writing saying what they wrote or the director saying what they shot. Like there's so many factors. So anyway, we love the film. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And this is kind of different for us, I guess, because a lot of the movies we've done so far, she's not in the entire thing but we are going to kind of go through chronologically the whole movie and talk about our notes personal notes and also I will chime in frequently Mm -hmm. (laughs) with what was cut or changed which is so fun I think this is a special like it I hope they're not like all right enough of that part but I think it's so cool (laughs) too bad (laughs) yeah we're doing it it's our podcast did you say it's our podcast I did I'll just jump right in. Um, the film opens with her on a jet ski. And it's it's really interesting how long that goes on. It's like yeah. the entirety of the opening credits. It was more than I remembered. And yes. it showed her more than I remembered. That was my yes. first note. I could like see her very clearly. I don't know if it's because I have a better TV and Blu-ray player that probably has something to do with that. Yeah, it. maybe. But I was like, oh, it's really her and she looks so pretty. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Oh, the other thing that's notable about that is right away they show Chris O'Donnell's character, Matt, spying on her <laughs> through his telescope. So this is like the first thing that they show is this beautiful girl. Being wild. <laughs> yeah, being wild. Just like, I think she's like even like yelling, isn't she? Like, woo! Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And I also love that she just recently mentioned that she loves jet skis. I know. Isn't that funny? What are the odds? When when you said that, I had actually forgotten that love. So I was like trying Me to too. picture her on a jet ski. I know. And then it's like this whole intro is like, remember, guys, like she. So really fun. So that's the whole opening. And it's a really cool opening. And also, the I forget what song is playing. Oh, it's Nirvana. Love oh. Buzz. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Such a good, like, Such a good fits opening. so well. It's not on the soundtrack, but. It totally fits there. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The next scene is Matt at school with his friends. And Mm -hmm. that means Matthew Lillard coming in. And I just have (laughs) to make a note. No one cares but me. (laughs) I used to have an audio clip of him saying, She really digs tall skinny guys. Because that was like totally my vibe at that time. And I was like, he's talking about me. (laughs) I think I feel like you had it as your like, your sign-on sound on the like, oh, game or something. Probably, probably. I remember I it hearing it on your computer. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I just love that. I, I love him. If I could take a quick moment, like he has a tendency to bring a lot more to a character on the screen than you have mm-hmm. on the page. 
Yeah. Um, he didn't ablib as much as I thought based on the script, but there is definitely a lot of flavor that he brought to that character. He had some scenes cut we'll get into, but uh, just lots and lots of love for Lillard. <laughs> and don't. <laughs> I was like cracking up, even though it's they're so mean to their friend Duncan. Like he like slams his. Dunk, what the hell are you doing? Let's go. Let's hit it, Dunk. <laughs> the whole time. But Dunk is kind of a ding dong. <laughs> Poor Dunk. <laughs> All right. So I see that you have some notes right away off the yeah, bat. So I just want to kind of, at first, I was trying to like be a little more summarizing with these cut scenes. Yeah. So I'm just going to put these all together. They don't all necessarily fall boom, boom, boom right here. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff in the beginning of the movie that sort of are giving you clues about Matt and his life and what he's like. Um, there's a scene where he's got his little brother and sister in the car and they pull up next to another car of teens and mm-hmm. the little sister's trying to tell him to race with them and he <laughs> won't do it. But like later on in the film, after he started seeing Casey and now he's all rebellious and wild, he does <laughs> he it does and it. his sister's like, yeah, um, there's a scene where he's talking with his dad and getting pressure about college. His dad wants him to be like an engineer or something like that. Yeah, but he wants to study the stars. Um, there's another scene with the crew team where he's like really trying to show off because he sees Casey. Yeah, where they know each other, he's like way more stalkerish with Casey. There's a lot of stuff where he's like he follows her to the library. Oh, okay. <laughs> he didn't just happen to see her in there. And then there's another scene where his brother has an asthma attack, so it just like shows him more in that like caregiving role to his siblings and yep. just like you know being sort of sort of like a timid guy mm-hmm. so I just wanted to throw this in there I love the little girl who plays the, oh like, love the girl twin I know she's, she's I mean they're so both funny. so cute but like she cracks me up me like, too. I, I don't know if that actress like went on to do I, much more she didn't I checked on her she's like uh, even on her Twitter it's like former actress or something like that but yeah the, I think that you get a pretty good sense of Matt without those scenes in I there. agree. Yeah, I don't think you're missing much. Yeah, so I think that, yeah, there's not really much different in there. It's funny, when I read the brother's asthma attack thing, I was like, wait, isn't that in there? And I realized, no, it's not. He just throws his inhaler, inhaler at him yeah. and his sister makes fun of him. So I was yeah. thinking that there was an asthma attack scene, but no. So now we'll jump into like the first time they feature Drew in the daytime, <laughs> right? Because yeah. I mean, she you just see her at night at first. So <laughs> I just picture... Eric, which is Matthew Lillard's character, going. Girl, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love his voice. <laughs> I don't know what song is playing, but I took note in my notes. I loved the song that was playing when they show Casey kicking her car. So she's got this yellow bug, yeah, which is so perfect. Yes, that was in the script. I'm like, yeah, they nailed that. <laughs> yep. Um, and then she. Like they're just kind of, the guys are just kind of oogling at her a little bit. Babes like that don't grow in Seattle. And then, um, yeah, she's got like a really cute outfit with like a white t-shirt under a baby doll dress. She's wearing light, white knee highs, which I'd never noticed before. Oh yeah, I love that. Um, and then she like does this really cute smile. Like it's really cute. And I feel like I definitely like she, when she drives away, she does this really cute little wave out the window. Yeah. Like the way she moves her fingers, I definitely copied that at some oh, point. <laughs> me too. I totally know what you're talking about. Um, then there's an extra scene 
of Matt continuing to spy on Casey. So he doesn't, <laughs> I'm glad they kind of toned down how stalkerish he was. Yeah. <laughs> Might be a little harder to get behind. But, so he spies on her again. And this time she's in her room and she's reading a book. And every time she finishes a page, she rips it out and sticks it on the wall, which is oh. kind of cool because it is like shades of a different scene later. Yeah. And then she secretly smokes a joint and like is making sure her parents don't catch her. That's awesome. <laughs> so I could also see that being cut for like rating reasons or something. Yeah, like that, that makes sense. Cool to imagine. Yes. And now we'll jump into the library scene, <sighs> which... You and I both love her look here. Why is she so beautiful in this scene? <laughs> I don't know. And I, I feel like she's wearing like a really like plain outfit, like a white t-shirt and like baggy pants. Yeah. yeah. And and she just looks so gorgeous. Um, I love how I think she steals a book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she like is very like, oh, you're watching me. I'm going to steal this book and see what you do. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then uh, she leaves behind her personal book or notebook or journal. Mm -hmm. It's not really clear what it is, but um, her name and her address is written in the front cover. And that is Drew's actual handwriting, which we love that, as we mentioned last episode and many other times. She does it a lot in movies, which I feel like is just such a cool touch because she's trying to make it feel authentic. Yeah, I I don't really think about it that much when I watch other films and there's handwriting, like wondering if it's the actor's handwriting. Yeah, me neither. Somehow I feel like that's like the prop department would do it. And why would they unless they were showing them writing? Yeah, I can think of two examples right off the top of my head would be the um, suicide note in Confessions of a Dangerous Mind because I have that one. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, I have the original, which is so cool. And then um, there's also an envelope in Charlie's Angels Full Throttle that has her writing on the front of it she like leaves a note for the other angels just I know there's more but those are the first two I thought of (laughs) yeah all right so the next part is another part we love so I'll just kind of say how we get here so the character Matt sees that she has something inside of her book that he like holds for a second that says seven year bitch and it's about this concert that's coming up so he's like secretly gives her a ticket And uh, anonymously. they show up there. Yeah, anonymously. <laughs> like <a little> creep. <laughs> yeah, and then and he shows up at the concert and sees her standing in line. She's like, Look, if you want to go on a date, you're going to have to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I love her look here. Like, the only time that she wears her hair like this in the whole movie, and it's pinned up and it looks so pretty. Mm-hmm. And she's also wearing like a really pretty dress like kind of not what you would expect to like a, this kind of punk rock concert, yeah it's it really totally like works pretty and kind of like a sheer yeah floral kind of thing on the top I did notice that uh her jacket just disappears later <laughs> yeah <laughs> which I thought was funny but I could see her doing that being like I don't want this anymore I'm yeah burdening me <laughs> totally I had a vague memory I had worked with someone like forever ago, and this was like back in the day when I probably talked about Drew constantly to anybody who listened. <laughs> and she said that her sister was one of the audience members, like an extra in this concert scene, which is so That's cool. so cool. I wish anymore. <laughs> yes. Um, a couple of little other funny things. I noticed they're like drinking beer at the club. I'm like, they're supposed to be teenagers. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's up with that? Okay. Yeah. Um, also, when she says goodbye at the club, in the script it just says that she touches her fingers to her lips and puts that on the window yeah I I have a feeling that was like a drew touch to kiss the actual window doesn't it seem like it 
I could see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I or at least she was like, why would I put my fingers there? Like, yeah. let's just, let's just go all out. Casey doesn't care about germs. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one other thing I wanted to say before we moved on from here is that there was a really rad clipping in Rolling Stone of Drew with Seven Year Bitch. I think it must have been on set, right? Yeah, it's it had stuff on set. It's a really cool clipping. Yeah, we'll share that on the episode page. Yeah, so look out for our episode page for that, including lots of other beautiful pictures from this. Of <laughs> okay, so next up we have the scene where Casey comes to make Matt ditch school, <laughs> which is great. Mm, it's a beautiful day. We make our own rules. And of course, he's like, okay. <laughs> yep. And like right away, they just take off. He just agrees. And she's driving around in her little bug, kind of crazy around the streets of um, Seattle. And she looks so cute in her yeah. car. <laughs> like I know. It's, it's too much. And I'm like, oh, she's like actually driving that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, she fully is. I know. I was looking too. Like, is she really behind the wheel? She is. Yep. Yep. I definitely copied this outfit. <laughs> so, because she's wearing like khaki pants and a green cardigan. Yeah. And uh, I had both of those items that I wore to school as part of my school uniform. Because uh, ah. we have kind of a more relaxed uniform policy. Okay. So I definitely wore that outfit. I have a picture of me in it and tried to feel cool, but I did not look this cool. And then <laughs> um, her necklace, that like bar necklace that she wears throughout. Yeah, I was trying movie. to kind of see what it was, but you recognized it. I don't know exactly what it was, but the way that it hangs on either side, like a bar, I've yeah. always loved that style. And I think it comes from this. Also, Sarah Michelle Geller has one that's similar. And I know you did last summer. Oh, cool. So I had this butterfly one that hung that way and it was a butterfly. So I was like, this is my like special Drew necklace. That's awesome. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and speaking of the butterflies, we should mention that Casey's love of butterflies, that's all Drew. That's not in the script at all. That's so cool. Not surprising. We, she brings butterfly love to quite a few characters. And it's so funny that you had literally written this note when in my notes, in her car, I took note of her butterfly ring. I noticed that too. Yeah. So I was like, that's really cool. Okay. So I see that you kind of answered this, but I love that waterfall scene. And I was wondering if we knew where it was exactly. And thankfully we do. <laughs> I didn't write down, but we're going to share the map. So anybody who's interested, check out the map because we do have all the locations so in cool. Washington, obviously. I love that scene. Yeah. Just a little editor's note here. It is Franklin Falls in Washington. Back to the show. So we'll just kind of jump forward a little bit. So immediately after they like ditch school, go to this waterfall, um, they end up back at um, Matt's and it looks like she's like wearing his clothes and he's probably given her like the dryer to dry her yeah, clothes. That's exactly what it is in the yeah. script. <laughs> and, oh, awesome. And yeah. then um, I love the way her face looks when she's like, I don't know. What do you think you know? Yeah. And she's just making like such cute expressions. And I also took note, her eyebrows had to have been the thinnest they ever were in this film. You know, I have eyebrow blindness where I don't, I don't notice <laughs> them. Do you but notice I them? I noticed them watching it this time. I was like, those are really thin. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> After she sees the telescope in his room and it's yeah. uh, pointing at her room and she's obviously and rightly so freaked out. There yeah. was another scene that got cut out 
where she comes downstairs and she meets the twins and she leaves like really coldly. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. It's not like necessary because we, we get it from her face when she. Oh yeah. She, like I, I kind of love that it just cuts from her seeing what it's pointing at. You clearly yeah. see like the big butterfly in her room, which I love that that's like prominent. Cause it's like, you know, right away it's her room. Yeah. And then she makes this face like, holy shit, he's been spying on me. Yeah. And then I think they cut right to the phone call. They do, which is yep. fine. I think that works totally well. Yep. So this <laughs> is kind of crazy. So when she calls Matt to say, like, Can you see me? Yeah. I'll take a good long look. Because it's the last one you'll ever have. Casey. Casey, wait. Yeah. In the script, it says that before she says that, she strips down naked. And I was like, I wonder if they actually did that. Because the filming schedule even says, like, you know, Dude. nudity on set, like a whole thing. Okay. And, <laughs> and I hate to, like, put this out there. But then I was like, if people want to look at Drew's boobs, it's, there's way There's plenty of ways. places. Yeah. But she is actually topless. Like, if you pause the movie right before she drops the shade, she's totally naked. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Which I'm kind of like, how did they, cause she was wearing like a robe and then suddenly she wasn't like, it yeah, was like, but it's so quick. You sent me the screen cap. And then when I watched it, I was like kind of trying to see it, but it's so fast. Yeah. I love that scene. Cause it's like me really too. powerful that she's like, it's the last look you'll ever have. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I love that you caught that. It's so funny. I was just like, wow I can't believe in all these years like well, it seems like the kind of thing that would be in like those gross magazines that I Rob know. had right I know but it's probably like they couldn't have paused it fast enough I just got really lucky I think with when I hit the pause button <laughs> I would call that lucky too. oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's just like a couple one or two more scenes of her ignoring him at school and she's like hanging out with another guy and okay like, being like I don't hear you kind of like ignoring and him. I do feel like w without that I feel like she gives in a little bit too easy yeah it's like there's the one scene where she's he's like following her wants to talk to her in like the parking lot god what a desperate hunk of romantic bullshit you spied on me do you have any idea how that feels what do you think I felt I mean if you were me and you saw you wouldn't you look that's that's dumb you're damn right it's dumb you violated me Right. <laughs> and anyway, they jump to like her getting ready for a party. Yeah. She definitely forgives him pretty quickly. Really quick. The scenes, but yes, I think it works. There's a chemistry between them. Yeah. I think it works. Cause even like that scene, I had made a note like, oh my God, her face when they're like talking and he's trying to like explain that he's not, you know, yeah. whatever. He's, he's like making excuses and she just looks like, all right, you little butthead, but you got me. Yeah. But anyway, so he jumps to the next scene. She's getting ready. Um, she's looking in the mirror, and her mom's kind of standing behind her, and it's a really sweet scene. Yeah, I like her mom. And so yeah. I was like, how old is Joan Allen in this? That's the actress who plays her mom. <laughs> yeah. She was only 38. I love it. Oh, my <laughs> God. And I know this is like a thing of the 70s, 80s, 90s where – people were just styled to look so much older mm -hmm. than their ages. It's like, oh, yeah, it all the time. I would but have guessed that, like mid 40s, late oh my 40s God. or something. I'm like, she's younger than me. 
<laughs> and she's like literally my age, like, which is a trip. Oh, and it's not that she like looks bad. It's the no. styling. Yeah, it's totally the styling. Like, I love when I see pictures of teenagers in the 90s, like at prom, and I'm like, you look 40. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's so weird. So another scene that I just love, it has nothing to do with Drew, but when but we like it, yeah, when Matt comes over, he is talking to, um, to Casey's dad and he, he like, there's two things actually that make me laugh. First was like, he, I don't even know how it happens, but he's like, call me Richard. And then a minute later he goes, sir. Richard. Yeah. <laughs> and so then Richard. <laughs> I like that. And a beautiful lake it is, sir. Richard. Sir Richard. I like that. Would you like anything to drink? Uh, soda? Beer? Uh, beer would be great. Dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what makes me laugh. They just have like a close up of Richard and he's like, hmm. <laughs> Actually, I'll just take a soda. I'm uh, more in the mood for a soda, actually. Very good. I know. I don't why know why so we funny? love it so much. We do. It's so funny. Um, it is. And then there's like a little extended scene. And we actually have a lobby card that has a photo. So I know this happened. Yeah. Where Casey and her mom come downstairs and she says like, oh, I see you passed the Pepsi test because he has the soda or whatever. Oh, um, how funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mentioned earlier, I love makeout scenes in this film <laughs> yeah this one in particular i remember at some point when i was in some early relationship being like yes this is what it feels like <laughs> oh yeah it's really sweet like the way i'll, I'll talk about a couple of reasons why i love it but when she's like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i don't know why it's so cute like i was like i love this just as much as i did like the first time i saw it like yeah it's strange so there's just a couple like, you know, you had your little thing about Matt, like loving Matt Lillard and I'll have my little personal thing. Yeah, in here too. <laughs> that's what we're here so for. Um, I also have loved astronomy. I was really into it in high school. And so I love when they talk about Gemini, the constellation, and they talk about the twin stars, Castor and Pollux. And I just wanted to say I recently, before we decided to do this, had adopted two cats and I was planning on using the names Castor and Pollux. I, I went with Moon and Nova as their primary names, but their secondary names are Pollux and Castor. So I've got Pollux Moon that. and Castor Nova. <laughs> so, so but it's after, it's like inspired by Mad Love. So how could it not yeah. be? <laughs> how could it not be? Exactly. So good. Um, one thing I wanted to point out about this, and I think I've noticed it before, but it's something I just took note of this time specifically. Um, a couple of things. So there are the twins which are matt's siblings she at one point makes a joke about being a triplet and then also there's this thing about castor and pollux the twins and and the fact that drew's character is bipolar so i'm like all of these things are obviously supposed to connect and i don't know if it's just like such an obvious thing that they're like using this twin symbolism never i never made that connection okay like okay bipolar Okay, but yeah, I think that they're trying to like hint at that the whole time with all these little, I'm sure it was probably intentional by the writer, but I just love that that is something that kind of carries through the whole film. 
Um, it is funny that she lies about being a triplet. <laughs> well, she's just being like kind of a smart ass that whole scene. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that scene. And it, what's funny is that we talked about like that in the script, it said the party was on a boat. And I was like, aren't they just sitting on like a dock or something in that scene? But then you notice like there's like boat movement. Yeah. When they're so, talking and well, it's like everyone else is on the beach and then Casey and Matt are in a boat. Yeah. like on the water and I think they actually were on a boat I never so noticed funny. that before yeah we've never noticed it's so funny <laughs> there's a quick little scene that got cut here where Matt fights with Eric um because he's like starting to sort of slack off with the crew team and he's Ooh. like ditching his friends and he's just changed man you know <laughs> <laughs> and then another big cut that I'm kind of glad they cut this out when he's spying on Casey again (laughs) and she's having the fight with her parents and she runs up to her room the dad actually slaps her across the face at one point which is like I wonder if they filmed it I don't know but I'm glad we don't have that in there like he's already awful enough we don't need to have physical abuse yeah and we don't need to make that like the excuse for her being the way she is either yeah that's true yeah yeah, and you made the note here. I don't know if you want to say Yeah, it, but... it's so crazy to me that they actually let Drew get out of her bedroom and jump down the balcony and like do that. Like That's fully her. It's fully her. And it's like, there's that part where she like jumps down from that part. I'm like, that's pretty far. It's far. <laughs> she could have hurt herself. And dives into the water and everything. Like, yep. Jeez. She's, she's like doing stunts. It. Like, it's like straight <laughs> up. Um, I never would have probably thought about like stunt work or anything like that when I saw this the first time and I, I didn't think about it until I saw your note and then I was watching I was like holy crap yeah usually <laughs> they don't let the actors do things that are gonna be a little dangerous yep. like that <laughs> yep so following that when Casey's like swimming across the water and I, I was when I was watching it I was like wait doesn't she realize like Matt's spying on her again because how would he have seen that she jumped in the water unless he was watching? <laughs> right. I guess so anyway, she's like, it's, it's convenient for me that you're watching. But also, like, <laughs> she's in quite an elevated state at that point. True. You know, like, you're not going to, that's probably the last thing you're thinking about is, like, why this person that you wa- that you wouldn't mind coming to save you at this moment does. Right. But the sex scene, it's a really beautiful scene. It is. I think it was, I think it was really beautifully filmed. I did notice that the music that's used there is also at the end of the film. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's like a reprise of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's cool. But I think that's really beautifully shot and Drew looks absolutely gorgeous as usual. That whole scene is really sweet actually when he like wraps the blanket around her and then they snuggle up in the like garage. It's really cute. It is really cute. One other thing from that scene is that they do show this close-up of a postcard from Matt's mom from New Mexico mm-hmm. yeah and it like even like matches what is said in the script and her name and everything and they don't talk about it at all and it yeah. plays a big part in scenes that were cut later so it's interesting to me that they left that shot in because it seems like it would make a lot more sense to just cut it yeah. as well. <laughs> but also there are a couple interesting things about it which we can get into a little bit later but they make it I mean in the script and the stuff that was cut that you're kind of telling me it seems like they chose to go to New Mexico instead of just randomly deciding to go to Mexico I mean New Mexico well they decided to go to Mexico and then realized New Mexico's like on the way got it so then after the sex scene we have this scene where Casey's with her parents and Matt calls over there and she's saying how she got suspended Yep. And that should have come immediately after she pulls the fire alarm. 
Mm-hmm. That's why she's in the same exact outfit. And yep. he's kind of calling to apologize for, you know, getting mad at her about the fire alarm. And yep. then she gets in trouble with her parents. And that's why she has the fight with them. So it's it's a little out of order, whatever choice they made. But I, I guess you have a good point here. Yeah. So I think it works. I had never noticed the outfit thing before. Or maybe I had, but it didn't like click with me that like, oh, it was actually the first day. It was the same day before. Yeah. But I think it makes it more impactful for them to be banned from seeing each other after having sex. Yeah, I could see that. Because if they had moved it the other way, like you wouldn't have had that whole tender scene and then have them be banned. So I guess that makes sense, but it is kind of funny to think about these decisions. Like that's just (laughs) like, a strange kind of like, let's just take this whole chunk and put it over here. <laughs> it is weird. But I think it works. Howdy, Howdy Droobies. We want to tell you about our sponsor, Positive Medium. We've actually been clients of theirs for at least 10 years, and they take care of all of our website needs for the Drewzam.com. They offer custom web design and professional coding, search engine optimization, marketing, and hosting. So we've been hosted by them, but we've also been able to take advantage of a lot of their expertise in these other areas as well. Absolutely. So customer service is the biggest draw for us with this company. They have saved our site literally from obliteration (laughs) quite a few times, but then they also help us with minor issues in just like literally a matter of minutes. So if we have like a coding question or just like something on the back end we can't figure out, we reach out to them and we get an answer back and the issue is solved within moments. We're so excited that Positive Medium is allowing us to offer our listeners 25% off managed WordPress hosting plans using our promo code DREW, D-R-E-W, of course. Um, And if you wanna take advantage of this, visit positivemedium.com. We really, really vouch for these people. They've been so great to us and will continue to be great to us, I I can only imagine. (laughs) I mean, they're great by offering this to our listeners. So take advantage, again, it's promo code DREW, of course. This is kind of, I had forgotten how abrupt it is, the like hospital yeah. situation, because they don't really, of course, you don't know what happens. So he, after they've been banned from seeing each other, I think Matt just goes over to try to see if she's home, right? Because <laughs> he can't stop stalking her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And he goes over and he encounters the housekeeper. Is uh, Casey here? I'm a friend of hers. No. Do you, uh, you know where she is or when she's going to be back? Her parents took her to the hospital. Is she all right? What, what, what happened? Her parents took her to the hospital. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. Or whatever. But for some reason, I've always liked her delivery. Yeah, I don't know I if, do I, so if I like her tone of voice. There's just something like very like, I'm just here to do my job and yeah. I don't have the information you need. Don't get me involved, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the doctor is also so good. Yeah, I like, like her a lot. The way she's in- interacting with the parents. Yeah, really she good. totally clocks the dad. Like, oh yeah. We've tried everything else. Hospitalize her. See if that helps. Maybe it'll scare some sense into her. I think she's already terrified, Mr. Roberts. I love my daughter. So just a couple other things that were cut. So when, uh, before he breaks Casey out, you know, we Mm -hmm. see him pick up his telescope, like I've made my decision. And, um, then there's like scenes of him with his family where they don't really realize he's saying goodbye, but he is in his own way. And then poor Matt Lillard gets cut again because there was a scene where he like meets up with, um, Matt in the character of Matt, (laughs) um, and gives him money. 
to like help him on Aww. the trip. That's sweet. That would have been kind of neat to see in there. Because, yeah. like, I was trying to – I remembered that he grabbed the telescope and that they show him selling it later. Much later, yeah. Much later, where it was kind of like, how did they even do it from the start? But, like, right. you know, we, it's, it's, we don't know their monetary situation. <laughs> but all of that, him coming to the hospital – like, how does he know where she is, first of all? <laughs> but he figures out where she is. He gets in, like, a little bit too easy. I mean, he's determined – yeah, but I, I do I do actually love how they shoot it, though, where he's, mm -hmm. like, kind of, like, defeated, and then he hears them say, oh, this stuff belongs to Casey Roberts. Yeah, and, sees and then they show that yep, she's they wearing when she waves out the car window. <laughs> yeah, and then he kind of sneakily makes his way, follows a nurse who's going to her room, and then sneaks into her room. And mm, then, then we have there's... the scene. Mm. So this, so I think, is the, was the hardest scene for Drew. Yeah. And when she talks about, you know, she's been locked up in an institution before, like she really li has lived this and yep. she's so subtle in it, but yeah. so real. And it's just really hard to watch. It's a very painful, like, you know, she's living that. Yeah. It's also like she's strapped in. Yeah. Like it's a bit much, but it really like the scene, the environment, like she doesn't really have to do much. You know, like her expression is saying like a million things. Yeah. Even the way her fingers kind of move. Yeah. Like, that I've always really loved good. that for some Me reason. Too. Like she keeps kind of flicking them. Yeah. And... Casey. I don't want you to see me like this. I couldn't really remember like if that's when they break her out, but it's when he comes back. Yeah, I guess I kind of mixed this up. Yeah. <laughs> then he does all those things that, to prepare. I messed that up. But um, so then he comes back to break her out. And okay. that was extended as well. And and it's funny because when he walks in to the room where the yeah. guy's like, she's feeling really low. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I always like that. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, I was like, God, his clothes are gigantic. And then I was like, oh, wait, they mentioned this in the script. So he's oh, purposely funny. wearing two layers of clothes. And it says like some cheesy thing, like, thank God for the baggy 90s look. It actually. Oh, my God. The script. <laughs> um, I know. And so you see. Like later on when they leave and, and they're in his car, she's wearing, wearing those top clothes. layers. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and then there's like a whole thing where they escape through like an elevator and a boiler room. I mean, I don't think we need that. Like, yeah, but I would I, have loved to see more scenes of Drew. But at the same course. time, <laughs> you, you get the sense that they've made it out. Yeah. And then they jump so quickly. It's like cute, cheesy road trip music. Like right, <laughs> right away. They're like in the car. They're like. I don't know. It's it's really cute. Like I do I do like it, but I'm like, this is one thing in the movie that doesn't feel genuine, but also is like it's like a road trip trope. You've gotta yeah. have like the music, you've gotta show them on the road. Yeah, so true. You know, it worked. Um and then there's a scene that probably everybody's seen at least part of because it was featured heavily in the trailer. But so Matt like has this map. This is like right away in the car. And uh, he's like, okay, we're going to go to Vancouver. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, we can go anywhere. We're not going to just go there. Like, and this is what's in the trailer. Sometimes the best plan is no plan at all. We have the whole country to run around. We got to know where we're going. We make our own rules. We go where the wind takes us and she throws the map out the, and he's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, okay, cool. I, I'm going to be adventurous. <laughs> 
So now they're like fully on the road. One of the scenes I've always loved for some reason, um, when they like the first night they're camping, I'm pretty sure it's the yeah. first night they're camping. Oh, okay. The next song that comes on, if it's Western, we go North. If it's rock, we go South. Okay, <laughs> if the next song that comes on is a girl, then we go west, and if it's a boy, we go east. I know. Okay. Why is that so fun? <laughs> I don't know. It's so cute. And like each of the times it does the song, she does like a cute little yeah. jig. <laughs> so cute. And then they decide to go southwest, and then they're like, Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> We're going to Mexico? Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> southwest. Mexico. 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 I also love the next day she wakes him up by like driving his car crazy like around the trees. It's a little scary. Yeah. yeah. But I think it works really well. I like it too. <laughs> so fun. What are you doing? Go to Mexico! Okay, so there's a couple other little things I love um, before we get into some some differences from the script. Um, when Matt calls home and he briefly talks to his little sister, <laughs> um, for some reason, I've always thought this was Me so too. cute. So he's like talking to her and then the brother is like, is that Matt? And he tries to get his dad's attention and they get off the phone real quick. And the little sister's like, he's gone. He's gone. <laughs> and then the twins like put their arms around each other and but walk it's like away. The only and it's time like you see them being nice to each other. <laughs> yeah, but you can tell they're oh, yeah. like close. Totally. It's really cute. The other thing I took a note of is how dangerous it is. How many times like Drew's character is like not wearing oh, a seatbelt and like the car flying thing that's like in the like I think I'm pretty sure it's in the trailer. It's like yeah. on the movie poster where she's like got her arms out and. I'm like, how is she strapped on there? It's like clearly her. They're showing it like from Even the like when she gets her little outfit from the hardware store or whatever, yes. she just hops in the car and she's sitting on the door and they actually drive. I'm like, drive ah! away. <laughs> I know. And like <laughs> what I wrote was like, this is definitely a manic episode. Like yeah. doing dangerous shit like this. Like he clearly is like completely charmed by her, but I almost am like, I feel like his character would be like, hey, get in. This is dangerous. But he's trying to be cool now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's it's all really cute. But like looking back now, I'm like, oh my god, yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I'm actually scared about what's happening. I know that means we've gotten older. <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so there's a couple stuff that's cut here while they're on the road. So there's a whole scene where Casey's driving and she sees this like big outdoor wedding, and she's like, okay. oh, this is where, where we're gonna get food. <laughs> so they oh, pull up to the wedding. And uh, they, there's like a, it's pretty extended. There's a whole thing where they like crash it and somebody comes up like suspiciously and uh, they play it off. Like Matt starts saying like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long. I'm Lala La's kid or whatever. <laughs> uh, and then it like goes on through the night and they're dancing and they start everybody else like slow dancing. And there are brief shots of uh, both the daytime and the nighttime wedding scenes in the trailers. Um Oh, one funny. of them dancing and one of them like drinking beers again maybe cut for the underage drinking I don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe and then there's another scene with the doctor and just Casey's mom the dad's not there but she okay. is explaining that there was manic depression and suicide 
from the dad's brother. So there's this familial oh. connection and it's like the that's why the dad like can't face the problem. He's like in denial about mm. it. So wow. I guess that would be some of the like quote unquote dark stuff that they cut. Yeah, but it kind of might have been I think it would have added some depth to the character, his yeah. character, if you had seen be that. Least like a little more because the dad, <laughs> understanding. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'd be more upset. Like he didn't understand his brother, and now he can't understand True. his daughter. Yeah. Like I don't know. So one of the next scenes, like a prominent one in the road tripping, is uh, the trust me. Yeah. So um, where. Casey's covering Matt's eyes while they're driving. It's such a scary scene, too. Because she's, well, she's so, like, you can tell she's, like, bored and jittery. And she's, like, got to do something. Yeah. Got to do something. Yes. Like, the way she's, like, yeah. tapping on the. <laughs> did, you, did you ever play Trust Me, you know, when you fall back and someone catches you? Not since grade school. Kids step back, so I never trust you. Well, I got a new way to play. Really? You want to play? But there's one really cute thing that's ha that happens there. They actually show the point of view of the truck driver <laughs> of them into the car. Like, yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, but it's like really cute the way they're like, like, imagine being a truck driver, oh my God. having someone getting ready, like passing you. And then you look over and the girl is covering his eyes. It's like, holy oh. shit. Um, but now having driven across country a couple of times, I could like see there are places where you're like around almost no right. one. Like not, not where they were driving though. <laughs> no, that's true. Very accurately to me depicts when like everything's fine, everything's great. And then something suddenly happens and the whole tone and mood changes. Yes, because they do have the car yeah. crash. Damn it. Shit. Damn it, the axle's broken. Stupid game. God, am I an idiot? It's only a fucking car. It's a useless friggin' car now, you know that? We're hundreds of miles away from home. What do you think we're gonna do? Um, and the car crash totally has like a very interesting vibe. But um, I think they do a good job of like, yeah, going from fun to not fun. Yeah, so now we've got a problem. Yeah. Yep. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk a while here because we have like all kinds of stuff that gets cut out here. Okay. Um, and again, like I don't feel like it changes the tone of the story, but let's just go through it. Okay. So Casey finds the postcard from Matt's mom mm -hmm. in his bag. And they talk about heading to New Mexico and mm -hmm. he's kind of like, she's really pushing for it. He's kind of on the fence, but um, obviously that becomes part of their plan. Then there's a whole scene where they're hitchhiking and they um, find this female trucker named Rita. Okay. And there's a very brief scene of this. And one of the, one of the trailers that like came out more recently, like I remember, I mean, by recent, I'm, it was still a long time ago, but I remember yeah. when this was like discovered on the grapevine, <laughs> like talking about <laughs> it, uh, because there is a scene that you see where um, they're in the truck with this woman and Drew's holding like a flower bouquet and has flowers pinned to her tank top. Oh, so I remember people like, did they get married? And like, that was cut out, but there's nothing oh, like that. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I remember that this, too. Uh, this woman, Rita, she has like a bunch of flower tattoos and she tells them what all of the different flowers mean. And that comes into play <laughs> later. Yep. And so, like I said, this is in the, one of the trailers. And then we also have a small clipping of them, like standing outside her truck about to get in with their stuff. Oh yeah. So they cool. filmed all this. 
then they're wherever she drops them off they're stranded they don't have a car and they need money Mm -hmm. and they're staying in a motel and there are some clips of that that exist as well Mm -hmm. and there's this whole thing where matt's like trying to get a job to get money so they can keep going so he's like going through one ads and going to all these places and striking out and then i know then he comes back and there's a scene that also was like a discovery on the grapevine where <laughs> Casey is in the motel room wrapping gifts. Gifts. For you. How'd you pay for it? Your dad's card. Damn it, Casey. You- it's kind of goofy in the trailer. They just show her going. Well, what's the big deal? I mean, he'll get free air miles. <laughs> it actually like leads to a really big fight between them. Okay. So after that they're hitchhiking again and that's when the forgiveness flower scene occurs yes and when he's talking about that he's actually imitating that truck driver rita call the forgiveness flower prettiest darn thing you ever did see ain't it talking about the flowers and using her voice so that's so funny because it, it i think i always thought it was a little bit weird but i was like okay they're in a weird because in the <laughs> film it's right after the car crash so right. they, if they cut it all this other stuff we're just imagining that they are still like in like a bad state of mind because of that right not just exhausted and waiting to hitchhike like it's like it adds so much more to that and but i think it works without it it's just really it funny. does but filling it in i'm like oh Okay. I had forgotten that they both eat a flower. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, he's trying to be cool. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, I guess I got to do what she's doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there are a couple additional extra scenes. So we got Leah Schreiber comes as a salesman, traveling mm-hmm. salesman who picks them up. And he's way worse than, I mean, we see him be awful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But there's all this dialogue where he's like super homophobic and racist and uh yeah it's bad and casey's like in the back seat but later on he like stops at a gas station and he like it's gross he like sets it up he's like oh dude you look like you need to rest like why don't you lay down back there and she can sit up here with me so that's kind of how that happens uh okay there's a couple of things in this i mean this is if you've seen the movie you know what happens hopefully if you have if you're listening to this (laughs) but basically he touches her leg. She Ugh. kind of pretends to be into it. I love her face. Yeah. At that point when she like looks at him before she burns him with the cigarette. Totally. She's giving him like this really cute, like it's perfect. It's perfect the way that turns into like, you fucker. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I had forgotten that after the whole fight and stuff that she finds the gun in the car that ends up coming back towards the end. Yeah. Like I had kind of forgot that connection, but I think it's really well done how it's just subtle. Like, I know. I, yeah. Cause you just, cause my thinking is that they're like, she's like, shit, he could have pulled that on us. Oh, you know, like yeah, I was I thinking always like read it more as like her being afraid of using it on herself. Like oh, when she sees it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't have that thought until this time when I was like, Oh, of course that's where she gets the gun. Yeah. I do think that the music is funny when when uh, is they're that fighting. That, what freedom <laughs> ring song? I think so. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it. I think she like switches it to that song on the radio, yeah. and then it's still they kind of play it as right. the scene. Like it just kind of becomes part of the soundtrack after it's in the scene. It's kind of a cool <laughs> thing. Um, also, the other thing about this part that I've always loved and I think is really cool is like when they're driving away. Drew's driving. And she's very, very shaken. It'll be okay. Be okay. Be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. 
you can tell like she is unraveling. Yeah, totally. She does like a little twitch, <laughs> her little yeah. head twitch yeah. in that part. Um, and then there was a little scene that they cut there. And again, I think this might have been part of the like, oh, let's cut some of the like dark content where they yeah. talk about, um, you know, her overdose earlier in the film. And she, yeah. she just kind of says like, you know, I wasn't trying to hurt myself. But yeah, so they talk about it a little bit more in depth. Okay, that's interesting. So now they end up in New Mexico. I think at this point they're in New Mexico. Yeah. I, I don't know if they say it. They don't. Okay. <laughs> I remember thinking like the first few times I saw the movie that they were in Mexico. Yes. <laughs> I thought so too. But we know that the, this was filmed in New Mexico. Yeah, so I think that's... The script makes it very clear that's where they are. Okay. So I always liked the, the landlord lady. Me too. Like the way she's like... I forget what she says. She says a couple funny things, like... You two look like a nice, tidy pair. Hi, girls. You married or what? Well... Hey, 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 no problem. I've been married. I ain't gonna recommend it to you. <laughs> she's like... She's also got a little sass about, like, yeah. the, the old lady upstairs or something. I actually love this because in the script, she's kind of this, like, older like t typical landlord dude like oh almost like new york style so like this makes yeah. much more sense and is like way more fun and she's either like like she looks like she could be like native american yeah, which i also I really thought. like like she's yeah. either hispanic or native american but she has like a native american vibe for her to her which kind of makes sense to for new mexico right yep um and it's really neat and then of course once they're in the place there's the scene with all the candles <laughs> yeah <laughs> Which I think I've had this thought before, but like, where did they get all those candles? <laughs> I know. I actually even saw like a movie review that like points that out as like, so they have no money, but they, but maybe they were in the place because all those magazines were there. Yeah. And also there's just like tons of stuff in the room. Yeah. Like it just looks like this room was like already lived in and they just kind of like, all right, we're going to rent this <laughs> yeah. weird room. And I love how Casey is like, this is perfect. I know. <laughs> Like he's like it is. Like, oh, okay, I guess it is. Cool, perfect. <laughs> Whatever she says. Yes. <laughs> so while they're in New Mexico, there's all these scenes to find his mom, and these some of these I would really have liked to see. Yeah. They go to a diner, and there is a very brief diner shot in like one of the montage on the road scenes. towards the end. Yeah. So I well okay. not even towards the end. It's just like when there's like kind of on the road montage. Okay. Um, so I wonder if that was that. And then um, they go to City Hall because he's going to go look for her address. And while he's in City Hall, he comes outside and Casey's in the fountain that's like in front of the building, <laughs> which I God, I would have liked to see this. Um, and she's like, remember, it's like the waterfall, like she's touching. It. And he's definitely like, uh, like are concerned because okay? like a bunch of people yeah. are standing around watching her. I wish that one was still in there. I feel like it would have worked really well. Yeah. And then he gets the address and they go to the mom's house and he tells Casey like he wants to go by himself. So he walks up and she's like in the backyard with a whole new family and she's Aww. like super happy and they like make eye contact and he's like, nope. And he walks away and she like tries to follow him, but um, he decides he doesn't want to talk to her because she's happy. I think if they had had all that in the movie, it would have really taken away yeah, from, from the Casey. story. <laughs> yeah. Like, I love that they have this mother thing be 
part of his history because it adds uh -huh. to how he wants to take care of her. Like oh, he has been yep. like, I just kind of realized it because he's like kind of almost this like second dad to his twin siblings oh, totally. yep. and like, you know, has some, if you want to say, take on some of the motherly role and, and the way he is with Casey is very like paternal. Yeah. Very caretakery. Like, yeah. So I think, I think it works without the extra added thing of him, like actually finding his mom. I do maybe wish they had, I, I don't know. I mean, the city hall fountain scene would have been cool, but I think it works without, yeah, without that element. I agree. I, I would have distracted from the story. Then it would have just become like the sort of more of the manic pixie where it's all about the guy's journey. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then we have that Casey POV scene where he sells the telescope and goes across the street to buy the dress. Yeah. And that scene has always creeped me out. Yeah, I think it's really well done. It is. I, I'm like, she clearly is overwhelmed, overstimulated, a little freaked, but also like in that scene, she's smoking. This is one of the many, many times oh, yeah. they, they show her smoking. That. She smokes a lot in this movie. <laughs> yes, a lot. Like I started to write it down and then I just had to stop because I'm like smoking again, smoking again. And we do know like Drew has been a smoker most of her life. I don't know that she still is now. I feel like in the last like 10 years, we've maybe seen her pictured like once or once. twice with a cigarette. Yeah. But she was definitely a very big smoker at this time in her life. And it, you could tell. She also, like, looks oh, yeah. so sexy doing it, I know, which is, I like. I hate that. <laughs> I know you said that. I hate yes. smoking. I hate it. But yes. she, like, makes it look good. Yes. Damn it, Drew. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. But that scene, that, like, POV, like, where she's, like, it seems like she's a little bit disturbed by the kids with the older men. Like yeah. that weird thing is kind There's of weird. There's like guys like ogling her. Yeah. And... I think it's really well done. There's like echoing with the laughing and stuff. Like it's, I think it works, but it's definitely creepy. Yeah. It's very disturbing, but it, yeah. it gives you insight into like what her mind is feeling like. Yeah. And this next scene, I've always loved this and I love that you, what, that you pointed out this little thing, but I'll just say what the scene is first. Yeah. So they go, so they go, they're back in the room. And Matt wakes up and Casey is just tearing things out of magazines and pasting them on the wall. And as the viewer, we can see that they're all eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And I, I, I don't know. I always love this too. She looks like so vulnerable and tiny in her like so white tiny. tank top and that the like white shorts. And she's like, I've done this wall and this wall. I've done that wall <laughs> and that wall and that wall and that wall. Almost done over here. The for our protection. To look after us. Do some. Yeah, so they're for their protection to like watch over them. And, yes. Uh, but we have to point out that there's a very fun little Easter egg in there where yep. one of the sets of eyes on the wall are Drew's. Yeah. And they come from interview 1991, um, mm -hmm. one of the photos that appeared in that magazine. Really cool. So fun. I mean, I wonder if, of course, they had to have known it when they put it up on the wall. But I wonder, like, was somebody just going through the magazines, like, yeah. for the prop department? And they're just like, oh, cool, let's put one of her eyes on there. <laughs> yeah. Or did they, like, bring it to set intentionally? Yeah. It's yeah. Fun to think about. <laughs> That's true. Um, and then we have their restaurant scene. So they're like going out for their big fancy dinner. And mm -hmm. man, Drew is so good in that scene. Like 
she's like very subtly shaking and like clearly super distracted like you can tell she's still in that same pov like where the people around her like bothering her yeah and she looks so beautiful it's just a really good job yeah the that part where she just like looks like really nervous and she's telling the story about her parents yeah which I always think is really, really cute, but you can tell that she's like disturbed by like, oh yeah, my dad was so pissed. And she remembers the ending, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway, it was really good. Are we ready? And uh, mom knew how to do things like that. And on the ride home, dad was so pissed. I've always been obsessed with the way she looks in this scene. Um, I remember for a long time, I used to like search eBay for like sheer butterfly dress or sheer butterfly. Yeah. It's too bad she takes that butterfly part off like so quickly. I know, I know, but it it also works really (laughs) well. It totally works. She's like, I also think like you were talking about like subtle acting earlier. I think that there is like a lot of subtlety. There's, they're not talking when he like goes to find her. He just gets her and yeah. carries her out. Like, I think it's so sweet. I think that might be one of the most like paternal ways he interacts with her is yeah. that scene is when he's just like, okay, we're just getting out of here. It's okay. Yeah. You know, like he doesn't say anything, but you can feel that she is like being protected by him. But that's a, yeah, it's a beautiful scene. Really well done. And of course she looks absolutely gorgeous. I know. So the way they cut to the next, I forgot kind of how how it goes until I rewatched the film. But they've clearly like gone home and she has gone to sleep, or maybe it's supposed to be like early the next morning. You think it's supposed to be early the next morning? Um, no, I don't know. I always thought it was the same day, but who okay. Knows? So Matt goes downstairs from their apartment. There's a weird place, and he's he calls her parents and. I was also wondering, like, can she hear what he's saying or does she just know based on his body language that he's talking to her parents? But she like, look, because I'm like, they're kind of far away enough (laughs) that you can't really tell. I don't I don't want to just describe the scene, but but she she, looks she looks so pretty the way she's like looking at him. They kind of have her out of focus behind him on the phone. Yeah. And, and then they bring her into focus. Like starting to get really smudged from her crying. Exactly. And then after he's called her parents who've told her like, yes, she needs medication. I love Joan Allen in that scene. Yeah, Talking so to good. Matt. Now, we have got to work together to help her. And I want you to be part of things, okay? What about Mr. Roberts? No, you're talking to me now, okay? You'll lose her to the sickness sooner or later. Now just tell us where you are and we will come and get you. Okay, no. Matt, okay, please? Matt. No. No, I can't. And then Drew takes off in their car. And I think the music is perfect because it's that Mona Lisa Overdrive Cinderella suicide song. (laughs) um, And it works really well. And then we get into one of the most beautiful scenes in the film. Yeah. Uh, So they're in this uh, White Sands, New Mexico. And I mm -hmm. definitely remember like being so dumb. One of the first times I saw it and thinking it was snow. (laughs) Oh, really? Yes. So embarrassing. (laughs) It is really white. So I made a couple of notes here because I, I've always loved this scene. I mean, I really like dark, dramatic things. So it follows, <laughs> it tracks. 
So a couple things. First thing was that when they show the station wagon stopped with the door wide open. I, I was know, like, I can't believe this. <laughs> I was like, wait, okay. When we were reading in style 1999, she talks about how she's always thought about disappearing and just leaving her station wagon with the doors wide open. I can't believe I didn't make that connection. It's I didn't so either. Good. But you it's... at least made it when you were watching the movie. I still didn't. <laughs> I just laughed because it's great. And I love yeah. that that was the reel that you just posted. <laughs> so then I noticed that the first time Drew shoots the gun towards Matt, um, the music drastically stops. Casey, you're just scared, all right? Just like I'm scared. I'm not scared. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Why did you call them? Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's really dramatic. Like, it's already a dramatic scene, but then it stops and then they're in silence for kind of the rest of this part. I've always noticed that when she yells, the sound kind of peaks. No, I'm sorry. For everything I've done to you. That is bullshit, Casey. I don't want to be sick anymore, okay? You don't have to. I don't want to live like this. You don't have to. They'll lock me up. No, I'm not going to let them. Yeah, like it's almost like gets kind of rough. Yes. Um, and then I forgot that she holds the gun to her head twice. Yeah, scary. Yeah, I was like, ah, uh, that's, I mean, it's like, I mean, he's also egging her on. Yeah. You know, he's like. Kill me while you're at it, why don't you? Casey, what are you waiting for? What shoot me? Are you sure about this? And then I feel like we always used it's not funny, it's inappropriate, but I feel like we always used to joke about the look on Chris O'Donnell's face when she points the gun at him and he's like, yes. oh, oh shit, I didn't really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and when I was laughing at it because I made the same note, I was like, oh, sorry, apple pie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's realistic. It's, it was good acting. It is, it is but it's just a, like, he's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there's a couple things that, it just kind of jumps to them in a taxi going towards the hospital. So clearly like this decision was made. They don't really need to have the exposition of like explaining why they're going there. Like it's yeah. like, it was just this breakthrough. They show up in the taxi and then I couldn't help but notice like how tired Casey looks. Yeah, like, it's really she good. Looks, yeah, she looks she like she's been crying like, for hours. Marks under her eyes that yeah. I don't, it's cool, yeah. That goodbye scene really got me on this watch. Like, they don't even say much to each other. I know. They almost say nothing. They're just both, like, crying and holding each other. And it it's really good. <laughs> it was really affecting. I'm, it's Maybe because really I'm hormonal, wonderful. but <laughs> I, I got a little teary. <laughs> yeah, the I don't know if it's right before that or right after that, the montage. Is it after their goodbye scene? I think it may be after. Okay. So, yeah, the goodbye scene is really incredible. I like how she says, Remember the names of those two twin stars again? Yeah, that's like all she has to say, and it's like so affecting. Okay, so before we move on to the very, very end, there's the after they say goodbye, there's this like 
kind of greased lens montage <laughs> yeah, where they, they show sepia tone. Yeah, it's really cute. There, I feel like there are a couple scenes in that. Yes, that are not actually in the yeah film. there's one of her driving and she does like a kiss face to him yeah. that's not in the movie and there's a couple little like quick things that i'm like oh oh <laughs> give us more <laughs> yes and then we have to point out that the letter that he's reading from her is again drew's handwriting yeah uh, it doesn't match the dialogue which is kind of funny um, yeah i know it is funny <laughs> but there's that beautiful photo i'm sure we both like covet that intensely Ugh. the actual prop yes and in the script, like they make it really clear that he's like on college campus. So like clearly this is supposed to be later, but yep. I, that's kind of unnecessary. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that photo always been obsessed with it. Will always be obsessed with it. <laughs> um, I forgot how long they hold on it. Yeah, and they do. They're doing like a slight zoom in, and again, I think it's like effective. But it's like uh, that. The song they're playing there was played at another point in the film too. Right. Yeah. As long as they hold me. But yeah, I think I think it's a beautiful way for it to end. And I think it works whether or not you imagine they've ever met again and doesn't matter. Like I think that this film is like a perfect little encapsulated story of love, like found and lost. Like yeah. it's like the flame like burning out, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I think it's really beautifully done. And that's the end of the film. We have a couple of other little notes about the release, but we are obsessed with this movie. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know how anybody watched this and wasn't obsessed with Drew. Like, <laughs> yep. I remember, I think it was one of my like, oh, I saw in the TV guide, it was going to be on TV. I was trying to see all her movies. I like set it to record and watching it when I was like already getting into her and just being like, oh my gosh. This is everything. <laughs> um, I wish I remembered my first watch. I just know I loved it right away. Yeah, that's about all I remember. And trying to copy that one outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so the poster shoot is one of those that was done definitely quite a bit later because her hair is way shorter in yep. all the promotional photos. But yep. they still have that same car. <laughs> yep. Or at least one that looks like it. <laughs> that's right. There was a screening at a studio lot with Chris and... Chris's girlfriend and Eric, but Chris couldn't handle watching it because he was too embarrassed. That's yeah. really kind of funny. So what did he do? Did he like leave? He says he's <laughs> never seen the whole movie. And I do remember like footage of Drew on some talk show talking about how they were all like, uh, like covering their eyes and embarrassed. So maybe they all <laughs> left. <laughs> um, it was actually released on May 26, 1995. Mm -hmm. Got a super 90s soundtrack. It's a good soundtrack. I mentioned I like in it. an earlier episode that I yes. had a friend whose sister was like older and scary and cool and very into alternative music. And I remember her having a soundtrack, and like seeing it in their room. <laughs> so great. <laughs> she was so scary. <laughs> so interestingly, there was no premiere for Mad Love that we know of. But right around the same time, there was a lot of promotion for Batman Forever. And so there are a lot of magazines and talk show promos right around this time, um, which you want to hear more details about 1995 and this time, that would be episode 14 of our podcast. Um, it is really interesting that they didn't seem to do a lot of promotion for it, though. No, there is that one. I just had a memory. There is that one like press junket footage where they're on the beach doing interviews, Drew and Chris. Do you remember that? Oh. So there was like press junket stuff done. Yeah. No premiere, man. <laughs> I 
I guess we should mention that Chris O'Donnell also is in Batman Forever. So they did these two <laughs> movies that were released, like, boom, boom. Do the characters, like, interact, though, in I Batman Forever? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't so, think either. so. Yeah. That's really funny. I don't I don't know if I've, like, really thought about that. <laughs> it's so, like, secondary. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so critics were kind of mixed on the movie in general, but uh, Drew's performance was well-reviewed, and I picked one. I didn't get the name of the person, but it was from a newspaper. This was in my collection, I found. Cool. And I just really like what they had to say about Drew. So this author says, in the much showier role as Casey, Miss Barrymore is just as understated. And this restraint lends her portrayal of a dangerously flaming creature a layer of poignancy. Hmm. The charismatic young actress with bee stung lips and a reckless gleam in her eye plays Casey not for badness but for sadness oh that's well written yeah which is really accurate and her acting is amazing in this like I feel like it's I feel like it's underappreciated not by us (laughs) I think I would like one time we have to like put a little thought into it but I would like to do an episode where we kind of pick our top performances that she gives oh that'd be cool and like no spoilers but this would definitely be in there oh yeah Oh, yeah. It's so good. Like, part of me almost was expecting, if I watched this with a more critical eye, that I would be like, ah, it's not that great of a film. But I think it's really good. Like, I think it works really well. I mean, if I were to, like, hear the story, I'd be like, okay, one of those, like, whirlwind love stories. There is that total ripoff movie with Kirsten Dunst, speaking of her, called Crazy Beautiful. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I know it, like... It, I remember it looking just like Mad Love. It's wild. Some of the plot points. I'm like, how is this not influenced by it? <laughs> is it crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Even the name. It's like, come on. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Maybe they were like, we're just, we'll just remake it. What if we look it up? It's the same writer. No, I'm just she kidding. It has like the short blonde hair. Like, it's pretty funny. And also anyway. the fact that the manic pixie dream right. girl. Comes like, from her. Yeah, yeah. Comes from somebody talking about her really funny (laughs) so i hope you all enjoyed this especially those of you that you know share our love for mad love (laughs) i know that all the droobies that i know that have seen this film love it yeah we did get some requests to do an episode on this so cool cool there's an audience out there for this yes (laughs) so i hope you all enjoyed it yeah thank you again for tuning in Uh, We had a lot of fun doing it for you guys. And if you like this episode and any of our other ones, (laughs) give us a little shout out. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Subscribe. Help us get more (laughs) listeners. (laughs) And then follow us on Instagram at HowDoYouDrewPod. And then we also have our Instagram account at Drewzium for other Drew content. Yay. And then visit our website at howdoyoudrew.com where we do episode guides for every episode. And it's hosted on the drewzium.com, which is our OG website. So you got to check out and navigate around, see all yeah, the stuff we've got up there. All of our Mad Love memorabilia. Yes. We have a lot of cool ads and photos and all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. And then send us listener mail to howdoyoudrewpod at gmail.com. If you see Mad Love, tell us your favorite scene. I mean, every week I'm telling you all to send stuff in and (laughs) yeah, there's quite a laundry list that no one's (laughs) responding to. (laughs) One day we're just going to get a whole bunch and be like, (laughs) and thank you everybody again. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Bye-bye. As long as you hold me, I'll
episode of the How Do You Drew podcast was researched and produced by Ashley and Anne from the Drewzium.com with help from our sponsor, Positive Medium. Special thanks to Matt Costa for our lovely theme song, Roxy Prima for our adorable logo, and last but not least, Drew Barrymore and all the Drewbies who love her. We do this for you. Thank, Thank you. you.